testimony hey and was there a massive change in your life after that oh look definitely um you know i, I was a young teenager uh, doing all the things that young teenagers do and uh so um, it, it was year 11 at the time and so you know i think that made a big difference to the latter years of my high school i hopefully think that it made me a, a better person <laughs> uh it certainly had uh, one substantial impact on my life. I met my wife in year 11, Okay, and uh, she was going to the church in which I was going to, so um, we started dating in year 11 and ended up getting married uh, a year after high school when I was 19. I look back and I've got uh, a child at the moment who's 20, and I think, goodness, that's young, <laughs> but we were married at 19, and it's worked wonderfully well for us. Uh, good to hear, and tell us about your early career. What did you do after school? Uh, so I... Uh, initially received an apprenticeship with Price Waterhouse, who are an accounting firm in Sydney. So I went up to Sydney, studied accounting at Macquarie University, and uh, did that for, uh, I think, about five or six years. And in my mid-20s, I uh, felt called and challenged to attend Bible College at what was then Southern Cross College in Katoomba, uh, which later on became Alpha Chris's College when it moved to Sydney. And tell us a little bit about uh, your call to ministry. Did you uh, did you think, you know, in your late teenage years that you were you were destined to be in ministry, or did it take a while to to receive the call? <laughs> no, look, when I was um, saved at sixteen, the furthest thing from my mind was a call to ministry. My original plans were to uh, go to Sydney, get my accounting qualifications, and then move back to the South Coast. My dad had a or has uh, an accountancy firm there, and the the goal was to go uh, 
back and to work with him. Uh, certainly that would have been my wife's preference as well, I'm sure. But uh, we, we, um, we studied accounting and then worked as an accountant for uh, a couple of years, but really felt challenged to go to Bible college. So uh, that's, I, I guess it sort of came out of nowhere, really, and uh, took us a very different path in life, that's for sure. And what did you do after Bible college? When I went to college, I really, to be honest with you, didn't have much of an idea of what I would do when I finished it. Sometimes I think Bible college is an opportunity to think about life and the meaning of life, but not everyone who goes to college knows what they're going to do when they're finished, and I was one of those. But I loved the study. Uh, I did really well. I was getting good results. And uh, when I finished, I was uh, offered a job at the college as another form of traineeship. I worked within the college administration while I went and did postgraduate study. Uh, so basically I went from college and then continued to work at the college. You never left. It's like you liked it so much you bought the company kind of, hey? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I've, I actually went there in, uh, in fact, when I first went to the college, it was in 1995. The college was looking to move from Katoomba down to uh, Sydney. And uh, I actually joined the college in the initial instance to help with the fundraising. I felt God sort of called me to, to be involved with that. And then once I finished the fundraising, they, uh, I, I studied there. And yeah, so I've been at the college since 1995, which uh, is an eternity, isn't it, in this day and age? <laughs> well, I have heard uh, many great things about Alpha Crucis over the years. I actually did uh, Rima Bible College through uh, the Townsville campus uh, many, many yeah. years ago. And, uh, was that when David Cartledge was there? He was the, he was the big gun at the time. Uh, and uh, so I remember hearing a lot about uh, the, the Sydney uh, College. It used to be, what was it called at the time? Was it Com- Southern Cross, was it? Southern Cross College. Yeah, it used to be yeah. Southern Cross, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I remember he- hearing a lot about uh, Southern Cross at the time and, of course, now Alpha Crucis. And I'm curious to know, what are your favourite subjects that you like to teach? What, what, do, you, right. what do you really get into when, you, when you're teaching? Yeah, look, I teach systematic theology subjects, so... Um, you know, I actually like uh, even first-year theology, which is a subject called Christian worldview, which when you get uh, students in when they've not really had much thought about what it is they believe. So I enjoy sort of introducing students to theology. I love teaching ethics. Um, really, I love all systematic theological subjects. We teach a Trinity subject, a Christology subject. Maybe the favourite subject we teach is a unit called Theology and Pop Culture, and uh, in that unit, we we explore different mediums of popular culture, from film to television to contemporary music, and uh, really inv- uh, engage in theological conversation with some of the meanings and values of pop culture. Reminds that's me one of, of the that... classes where we actually watch films in class. So that's not oh, a bad yes. way to spend uh, <laughs> spend class time. Reminds me of a uh, teaching series I did at a, at a school outreach one time called uh, The Gospel According to the Simpsons. We, look, we looked at all the different times in The Simpsons that they talked about God and the uh, strange things that happened in there, but also there was a, a bit of truth in there. It's amazing when you see uh, you know, God in pop culture and all sorts of different programs, isn't it? Most definitely. <laughs> uh, there's actually a, a book called The Gospel According to the Simpsons. And, uh, yeah, look... Um, any, any sort of television program or film that's exploring the meaning of life will often touch on 
theological theological themes. So it can be a very interesting and worthwhile conversation. Now, I'd like to um, ask you a little bit about uh, your recent journey. In October 2010, you had a serious accident that left you a quadriplegic. Tell us what happened. I was with my family down on the south coast, and we, uh, the, the local church group uh, that my family attend um, had built a, a jump into a foam pit as for the local youth. So I took my family there. I had three teenage boys at the time, and they were jumping uh, push bikes and skateboards off this jump into a foam pit. The idea of the foam pit, it's like you see in those gyms, um, which is meant to sort of keep you safe when you land. So I was one of these fathers that uh, was actively involved in all of my kids' sporting activities. And uh, sillily at the time, I uh, decided I had to go. So I took the jump and landed uh, upside down and knew immediately that I'd broken my neck. I couldn't move at all. I um, I sort of shouted out to my wife who was and my kids who were on the side there and told them that I'd broken my neck. And uh, it was extremely scary. You're stuck with your head underneath the foam. Uh, my wife came in and uh, kept me still, and then the paramedics came, and uh, eventually I was helicoptered to Sydney to the Prince of Wales Hospital in Randwick. And uh, they operated on my neck. I, um, I had a, it turned out I'd had a break between my fourth and fifth vertebrae. Uh, so they stabilised the neck. I was in ICU for a while and ended up spending seven months at Prince of Wales Hospital re- rehabilitating. Uh, it's obviously a completely life-changing experience. Well, I just can't imagine what you went through and... Obviously, your family, you know, your career, uh, everything uh, just gets put on hold when you, when you go through something like that. Uh, what about your faith? How, how did you uh, how, how did you reason with God in this time? Yeah, look, um, you. The, the truth is, I experienced lots of doubt um, and and asked lots of hard questions. Um, I'm not one of these people who believe that doubt's the opposite of faith. I think sometimes. Uh, trust in God involves um, being honest about the doubts that you experience. But I was really blessed uh, to have some really great people who walked the journey with me. My boss, uh, Stephen Fogarty, would visit me every week and uh, uh, faculty from the college and my my mum and dad uh, gave up really their life in Nara for a while, moved into uh, Sydney to look after my kids. So I had amazing support. I also... Um, I, I completed my PhD with Professor Neil Omrod, Neil Omrod from the Australian Catholic University, and uh, we'd written a book together and become close friends. And he visited every week in hospital as well. And really, the um, one of the sort of top topics of conversation is um, where is God in these dark times? You know, why did God allow me to break my neck? So we we explored the problem of pain for. Uh, for the bulk of the seven months, and uh, in fact, it's a topic I've thought about a lot since that time. And you soon discovered voice recognition software after uh, this time in hospital and in your rehabilitation, and you started writing for your blog and journaling and soon realised you could write a book with all the material you had. Tell us how you went through that process. Yeah, look, uh, 
it's spinal cord injury is helped by technologies, and I guess we're blessed to be uh, to live in a technological age. So voice recognition software really changed my life. Um, it's a wonderful software when you don't have your hands and you can no longer type. Um, you know, spinal cord injury, as you noted before, involves massive sort of change and massive loss. Um, you know, you, it's, it's not just being stuck in a wheelchair. It's, it has a, a, an impact upon your marriage, upon the way you parent. Um, and for many people, it has a drastic impact, obviously, upon their work. Uh, I was, I guess, fortunate that um, my work involved teaching theology and really I was going through uh, an experience which is very theological. You know, the, the problem of pain is at the heart, I think, of theology and Christian faith. So strangely, I, uh, I was in a position where my experience could be related to my profession and to my writing. Uh, so... Really, I was able to process my loss and think through my loss by by writing about it. And I did a lot of reading, for example, uh, right the way back to um, uh, early philosophers, um, uh, Aristotle and Thomas Aquinas, and some contemporary philosophers on virtue ethics, thinking about happiness and loss and pain, and uh, and was also keeping a journal. So. Uh, all of this writing was very therapeutic and it was probably a couple of years ago now I realised that in my journals and my blogs and my academic writing I'd, uh, I'd accumulated enough material that I could put it together uh, in a book and so that's what I did and uh, ended up with this memoir that, uh, that we're talking about now, Husbands Should Not Break. I'm just curious to know about the subject of healing. Uh, being a, a Pentecostal theologian, you obviously believe in healing, uh, but God doesn't always heal. Uh, tell us how you've uh, grappled with that subject. Yeah, look, it's, um, it's definitely a topic that I've wrestled with in the memoir. I touch on it a number of times. Uh, I'm, I have to be honest and say I'm relatively critical of Pentecostal approaches to healing and faith. Um, you are... You're the elephant in the room uh, in Pentecostal services often when uh, healing is talked about um, because there really is an assumption. Uh, even if it's not explicitly said, it's implicit that if you've got enough faith and keep believing, you will be healed. Um, but the, the reality is that, um, yes, God can and does heal, but miracles... Um, by definition, if they're miraculous, are rare. And the, the reality of life is that to be human is to experience suffering and heartache and death. And uh, being Christian and exercising faith doesn't free you from those realities. I, uh, I think um, Pentecostals sometimes have a distorted understanding of faith. Faith isn't trust that I will be healed. Faith is trust in the power and providence of God in the midst of whatever circumstance I'm going through. Whereas I think um, too many Pentecostals put their faith in their healing rather than putting their trust in God in the, uh, the, the good times and the hard times of life. So, so I do believe that uh, God heals and miraculous things happen, but I also know that um, 
that life is fragile and and you know the, the truth is for me to live with a permanent disability I can't keep sort of holding on to some future healing that may or may not happen you need to face up to the loss that you're experiencing and and get on with life and uh, so so that's what I've done I, I certainly um, no longer um, I, look prayer has been wonderful I've experienced um, uh, amazing heartfelt prayers over the years I think I've been prayed for more than many people on the planet um, but the truth is I I've reached the point now where I just um, I, I ask for people to pray that God will be with me as I deal with the challenge of disability and uh, so that's a roundabout way of talking about Pentecostal and healing <laughs> hopefully it makes some sense well, it's wonderful to hear how strong your faith is in the Lord in the midst of what you've been through. And good on you for uh, releasing this book. I'm sure it's going to impact many people's lives. And even just reading your story, like I've just been skimming through it a little bit this afternoon, just skimming through it, seeing uh, you know, w- what you've written, how you've been so honest, and how you've really held on to the Lord in the midst of it, and been honest and real about it, I, I think it's going to impact a lot of people. If people want to find out more, it's called Husbands Should Not Break, a memoir about the pursuit of happiness after spinal cord injury with Shane Clifton and his wife, Ellie Clifton. And you can find uh, details if you search for it on Amazon. Uh, Shane, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.